My name is Jenny, and I'm a wife and mom raising two kids. But I used to live a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I said goodbye to TV and hello to motherhood, I suddenly discovered what we moms are up against. We live in a world that tells us to be rich and famous, thin and successful. You know, almost nobody says, oh, hey, you're a mom? That is fabulous. But you are fabulous, and I'm here to tell you why. It's Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Yes, we are here for you. And if you're a mom who's having a day, I think moms spend a lot of time by themselves, actually. Even if you're in a job, they're sort of in your own world when it comes to motherhood, and maybe you think nobody uh, understands or nobody notices or you can feel all alone and maybe you're not even communicating with your spouse about your motherhood and motherhood can be exhausting at all stages. Uh, I have a teenager and a preteen now. And in some ways, in some ways I find that way more exhausting than when they were babies, honestly. And so I think of moms driving in their cars today or sitting at their computers, listening or, you know, listening on their phone And I I so badly want you to know that even in discouragement or even in depression or even in days when you feel like you're not making a difference or you're not making a mark in the world, that the fact that you're raising children and the fact that you love your kids and you, and you want to be dedicated and maybe you're, maybe you're not a perfect mom because none of us is, and you're feeling bad about yourself. The fact that you want to do your best and you tune into the show to help you to do your best, I hope, uh, please know that. I want to be behind you. I want to remind you of how hugely important your job is. You know, I give a speech where I tell moms that they are the primary teacher in the universe to teach their children about love and what is more important on the planet than love. And moms are usually the ones teaching their children, instructing their children, mentoring their children when it comes to love. What could, what could be more important than that? So I just want to encourage you in your motherhood today, if you're, if you're having a day, uh, you know, thank you for what you do as a mom. Now, I want to let you know we're bringing back a guest who's going to talk about a great topic. I'm, I'm kind of excited to hear the answer, even though the age group might be a little earlier than mine. But she's written a new book called Expectant Parents, preparing together for the journey of parenthood. But don't tune out if you're not an expectant parent. What Suzanne Hadley-Gosselin is focusing on is how do we focus on the relationship with our spouse when we're about to have a baby or we're about to have baby number three? Um, And frankly, on into their childhood, she's got some great tips here about how you need to be intentional about focusing on the relationship with your spouse because there are a million baby books out there about, you know, how to help your child when they're teething or how to teach your child this or that or how early to start this kind of instruction with your child or when to potty train, but not as much about how to relate with your spouse because things can change and you still want to have a healthy relationship. So uh, that is what Suzanne's going to address today. But more importantly, the biggie question that I want to ask her about, because I know a lot of moms are in this place, is to plan that post-baby career decision. What are you going to do about your career? How long are you going to put it on hold? I've got friends whose kids are at preteens and now they're going back to work. Uh, you know, I waited quite a while to go back to work. So I understand that. And I'm sure that some of Suzanne's planning advice can help all of us. So 
with no further ado, we do want to welcome Suzanne Hadley Goslin back to Channel Mom. She is the author of the brand new book, Expectant Parents, Preparing Together for the Journey of Parenthood. She's been writing for a long time. She writes for Thriving Family Magazine for Focus on the Family and Boundless.org and uh, is also an award winner in a number of ways. So we just want to welcome her back to Channel Mom and are, are waiting with bated breath for your great advice, Suzanne. Welcome back. Thank you, Jenny. Okay. So... You, let's review briefly what we talked about yesterday, about the reason you wrote the book and mm-hmm. what parents are going to get from this book that they're going to need um, as they're preparing to have a baby. And I want you to address the, uh, the issue of intentionality. Yeah. I think so often in our world, we just do the thing that's next on the agenda. Like, okay, now I'm going to go to high school. Okay, now I'm going to go to college. Okay, now I'm going to get a job. Okay, now I'm going to get married. And, and there's not necessarily a lot of intentionality in it. You want folks to be intentional about, okay, hold on, we're about to have a baby. We need to be intentional about making sure our relationship stays healthy. So, so please tell folks about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, I just remember when I was expecting my first child, I read started reading that book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Everybody yeah. gives you that book, and it kind of freaks you out because it's just <laughs> telling you all the things that could go wrong with your pregnancy and your baby and yeah. all of these health concerns. And I just remember thinking that there's got to be more that you need to know than this. And when you're taking that baby home from the hospital, I mean, you have to take a test to drive a car, but they just give you that baby, and you go home, and, and then you have this whole new life. And so um, really the, the concept of the book was how to be intentional, how to prepare emotionally, spiritually, and relationally, um, primarily your relationship with you and your spouse, mm-hmm. but even some relationships like with the in-laws, with your greater community that's going to support you, um, those kinds of things, how to be intentional to set yourself up for success. Right. And and I, we covered a few of your date night questions on Monday. The, yeah. the great advice that you give uh, are the three C's, uh, communication, care, and conflict, about how to, how to focus on those areas to improve and to make sure that you don't get into trouble once you've had the baby and you, you prepare before you've had the baby. But you also said in, in the interest of communication, why don't you try these questions on date night? They're, they're a little bit go deep and, uh-huh. and that's going to be a little hard for the guy. So I kind of want you to address that about how you and Kevin went there. It was It's Kevin, right? Your husband's name? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because I know my husband would be like, okay, really? Are we really? <laughs> Are, do I really have to answer that question? But I imagine that if you can get him to answer answer these questions, it's going to help him blow off some steam and, and some stress that he has over just, you know, a, a brand new baby coming into his life and having to take, take care of that baby. So tell, review for folks, and actually you don't have to even touch on the same questions, some of those date night questions that can be a help to their relationship as a touching point. Yeah, um, it's interesting because my husband just recently read my book through. He was brave. He waited until it was in print. So <laughs> he didn't know what I was saying about him, but um, but he read it. He had a chance to sit down and read the whole thing. And when he got to those date night questions, he said, we should be asking these on dates now. Yeah, because yeah. They're really um, they're great questions to ask at any point in your marriage, yeah, <laughs> in your I'm... journey with parenthood. Um, and so we probably will be doing that. We didn't have these wonderful questions when we were pregnant and um, expecting, but yeah, they're just a great way to to stay in touch as a couple. Um, for example, one of the questions here is, "What makes you feel closest to me as your spouse?" <sighs> That's big. 
Yeah, and it, it goes a little deep. I mean, it, you have yeah. to take a little bit of a risk to talk about those things, but yeah. it can really, really help you. Um, another one is how do you Hold feel on. about... Hold on. I, just, I want to interrupt you. Oh, my, my wild guess is that with a lot of men, what makes you feel closest to me as a, your spouse is it's going to go dire- yes. <laughs> directly to intimacy, you yes. know, right? Yeah, and there's actually a whole section about that in the book. Good. Because that came up, and um, in the couples that I interviewed, that can be one of those little problem areas that speaks in with the baby because mom isn't feeling herself a lot of times, and she may have some postpartum depression going on, or she may just, um, as one of the the experts in the book, um, Julie Slattery, um, who is a psychologist, and she's written a lot on this topic, she says, Women tend to go into hibernation for the first three months with their baby. Yeah, yeah. And that's what is traditionally called the baby moon. Um, but sometimes dads can feel left out of that, and and they fe- they feel like maybe their wife isn't being affectionate with them or doesn't care about them as much anymore. Um, and so, yeah, there's actually a, a quite a significant portion of the book that's devoted to those issues. Sure. And, and tell tell folks another date night question, and you might as well describe the baby moon for folks so they understand that. Okay. Um, so the another date night question is, um, let's imagine our children are grown and going through premarital counseling. The counselor asks him or her to describe our marriage. What do we hope that he or she will say? Wow. And what can we do to create a marriage like that? These are fabulous. I mean, I've been married 25 years, and I'm going to open this book and ask these questions to my husband the next time we go on a date. I love that. Yeah. I hope I no, remember. I'm, yeah. They're great questions. And I'm, Gary Thomas and his wife, Lisa, wrote those. So I can't take the credit, but yeah. I just, it's great. Someone who's been there, he's has grown children and still writes about marriage. And so you're right. It can be any stage in the game. You can ask sure. questions. Sure. And the baby moon before we go to break, and then we're going to come back and talk about the career question, but what's yeah. the baby moon? Well, um, the the recent advent of the baby moon is um, a trip that the couple takes together during pregnancy that is kind of like a second honeymoon. So it's kind of a romantic trip with downtime where they can really connect as a couple before that baby joins them. And it can just be a great time to dream and and be together and just love on each other. And um, so my husband and I, we've taken a baby moon with every baby. (laughs) That's funny because my husband and I did it. And we didn't even have your book. Oh. We, must have, we must have known it was coming. Yeah. Because um, we did it 16 years ago. Um, before, great. Yeah, well, a little more than 16 years ago. But w- before my son was born, and I'm so glad we had the instinct to do it because I have a fond memory of that of that baby moon. I just didn't know what it was called. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you for giving it a name. Okay. When we return with Suzanne Hadley Gosselin, uh, the author of expectant parents, she's going to talk about those post baby career decisions that I think some moms make post 10 years old. Uh, So this is going to be relevant for a lot of folks. So stay tuned for the rest of channel mom. These days, couples will work for just about anything, from communication to companionship, from fun to love, from passion and purpose 
to good old intimacy. <gasps> what are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FE 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. If you are a mom who wants your kids to grow up and love going to the dentist, then I have to tell you about Pediatric Dental Group of Colorado. As a one-time patient myself and now the mother of patients, I know firsthand they understand the unique needs of children, especially when it comes to the subject of dentistry. Dr. Strange and Dr. Cathers not only care about making the dental visit fun and rewarding, they also strive to help children learn to be good dental patients. They do this by coaching the child and the parent, encouraging good oral health care, and providing high-quality dental treatment. This is accomplished in a fun and child-friendly atmosphere. All of the pediatric dentists and orthodontists have two years of additional training beyond dental school. They are board certified and specialized in the dental care of infants, children, and young adults. The dental team is uniquely qualified to take care of your child during their dental visit. The Pediatric Dental Group is proud to have locations in Arvada, Wheat Ridge, Lakewood, Lafayette, and Evergreen. You have to find out more, and you can do so at pediatricdentalgroupco.com. Hey, welcome back to Channel Mom. We're talking all about how to nurture your relationship with a brand new baby on the way, or maybe one already here, or maybe baby number three, or I'm actually learning a lot from how to nurture my relationship. And I have a 16 year old and 12 year old baby. They're not really babies, but they can be sometimes. We want to welcome the author of Expectant Parents back to Channel Mom, Suzanne Hadley Gosselin. So glad she wrote this book. Welcome back, Suzanne. Thanks, Jenny. Okay, now we're going to go to planning post baby career decisions. And I cannot wait for the advice that you want to give moms and dads, because my guess is that they talk about this together, about what they should do um, when it comes to those kind of decisions, when they should start to make them, what some of the questions they need to ask are. Um, and, and then also how you think, because your kids are, are, are getting a little older, how that applies to folks with kids who are growing up and maybe they've stayed at home and now they're trying to consider leaving the house. Yeah. Yeah, I think the first thing to realize is that things have changed a lot um, for post-career decisions, even in the last 10 years, um, simply because of the economic downturn and the recession and more men than women lost their jobs. And now more women than men are getting master's degrees and things like that. And so it's really, it's kind of changed. The traditional um, decision in evangelical circles, it was pretty cut and dried that the mom would probably stay home with her kids when they were little yeah, and the dad would provide. But now even couples who maybe would like that option don't always have it because maybe the mother's job is the one that provides the benefit Yeah, and you need the health care. And so that's, um, this chapter was really close to my heart because I wanted to stay home with my kids. And thankfully I was able to do that partly because I can do freelance um, writing and editing from home. Right. Um, and But my sister, who had a baby around the same time, she also wanted that option, um, but she was not able to because she was the one who was getting the benefits and her husband's work was a little more sporadic. And so I know she felt a lot of mommy guilt because she wanted to stay home and she wasn't able to take that option. So I really wanted to wrap my arms around moms in this chapter and say, it's okay if you're not going to have 
the exact ideal situation that you were looking for. It's okay to be creative. Yeah. And, um, and also, maybe you want to go back to work, and maybe that's, that's going to be healthy for you. And so, you know, talk that over with your spouse, too. That's, Again, you know, it's that teamwork. Yeah, and that's big because... Look, on this show, I make a real effort not to speak kind of Christianese. I want any mom that, that happens upon this channel to, to be able to stick around and not feel like I'm going to judge her if she's not somebody who's following the Bible at her at this point in her life. Um, and, and so you're right. In evangelical circles, we are a little bit more expected to stay home. That's a little more typical. And and so I so loved the, the honesty that you have um, on page 86 in the book where you talk about Denise and, and she was planning to, well, at least initially she was working and it was a prestigious job. And um, I think she'd gotten a degree in order to be able to have this job. And she says, and I quote, my daughter rocked my world. I was completely enthralled by her and dreaded going back to work. My job and career, which had previously consumed such a huge part of me, suddenly didn't matter when I compared it to my baby. No one can explain the overwhelming love a mom has for her child. It's something you have to experience to understand. So, but yet she had to go back to work. I mean, yeah. she talks about that first day or something, right? Didn't, didn't, though she longed to stay home, she still had to go back because of the, the monetary, you know, um, reward. At right. any rate, I, I love that you're real about it and, and don't just say, well, tisk tisk, you should all be staying home with your babies. Because frankly, I was one of those moms. And when I was able to stay home with my child because my husband kind of shifted in his career and made more money. So fortunately, now um, I could stay home. God bless him. Um, you know, I could kind of get that snobby attitude like you should all stay home, you know. Right. And and some moms really, I mean, do you know that there's a survey? I know I'm kind of taking over the interview. Sorry, Suzanne. There's a <laughs> survey out there that says that moms, when surveyed, 90% of them, so that they would either like to be home part-time or full-time with their children. Yes. It's incredible. And yet they feel like they have to work. So, so talk about where moms should go with this in determining what they should do post-baby about their career. Yeah, um, well, I, I provide some kind of, I thought it was really great, Denise, who you quoted, um, she and her husband, Andrew, she said, we sat down when we realized we weren't going to have the ideal that we had hoped for, and we talked about what are our priorities as a family. Yeah. And it's, we want our children to feel secure. We want them to come to know Jesus. Yeah. Um, we want them to feel loved. And They just talked about how can we still accomplish those priorities that we have for our family and for our children within the constraints that we have um, in our job situation. And I think for them, because her husband um, had a little bit more sporadic work, he worked construction, and so he was able to stay home with the kids when she had to be at work. And, um, And her office was able to give her a slightly more flexible schedule so that she could be home with the children when he had a job. Oh, and so that's kind of what they worked out. Um, and, you know, not every family would have those, but they, they thought creatively and, and were able to come to that. Um, in my own experience, I wasn't realizing how reliant we would be on my freelance income. I kind of thought it would be more of a hobby, um, but it really has been something that I've had to, to do some regular work. And yeah. so my husband and I have said, really, I'm a work-from-home mom, <laughs> not exactly a stay-at-home mom. So, you know, the housework suffers a little more and the meal planning doesn't get done. Sure, sure. As well as I would like. But, I mean, I know even mommies who um, aren't taking on freelance work in the home still have those challenges as well. Sure. One of your tips is to think creatively, which you've sort of referenced. Because I think so many women 
probably just feel like they're in a box. There's nothing they can do because they need the salary for, for their two cars and their house and whatever else, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But you say think creatively. Can you describe that? Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, what the situation I described with um, Denise and Andrew, they were able to kind of work out a, a situation where one of them could be home with the kids most of the time. Yeah. Um, and then maybe another way is I, I do know a lot of moms that have engaged in a home business or something like that to supplement their husband's income so that they can be home. Um, another way is obviously maybe you can look at your budget and see if there's some things that you can do without to make it work. And actually, my sister, who I was talking about, there was a season when her husband had regular work that she was she was able to readjust their budget and stay home with her, yeah. her newborn for six months. And so um, that really made a big difference. But they had to they had to be a little creative and maybe not go out to eat as much or <laughs> sure. Like that. But, sure. But sometimes I, I want moms to know sometimes even cutting out the extras doesn't cut it. <laughs> for the family. And so you might, it it isn't always possible. One person told me right after my son was born, well, if you, my mom told me that if you just eat oatmeal every morning for breakfast, it saves you enough money and you can stay home. Yeah. So (laughs) what do you, that was a little bit naive um, considering the economic situation these days. Sure. Absolutely. And speaking of creative, speaking of thinking creatively. Mm-hmm. We had the option because my husband was an educator and I was a TV reporter. And as a TV reporter, even working part time, I was making more than a teacher. You know, it tells you the sad, sad state of affairs for teachers. But yeah. but he was able to switch over to become an administrator, a principal. And that oh. made all the difference for us. So that was a way of thinking creatively because right. he was able to stay in his industry. Um, and, and, you know, he's, you know, so it wasn't a huge leap, but, but, but make more money. Um, and so we, go, we got very blessed with that. How about the guilt? And, and you can extend this beyond career because you just talked about the oatmeal woman who said, hey, you can just have oatmeal and it's all going to be great. Yeah. No, not going to all be great. You'd also have to also have to move into one of those tiny houses they have the whole show on <laughs> about right, the right. You know, 300 square foot houses. Um, talk about the guilt that sometimes is with women when they're making the decision to go back to work or they feel like they're trapped in going back to work or people are shaming them, um, you know, they may feel guilty either way. Maybe they're staying at home and they feel guilty about not having an income. I've had that guilt. So mm-hmm. talk to moms about that, please. Yeah, I, I think it just goes back to that standing strong in what your family is going to be. And so on the back of the book, it talks about how the book will kind of help you create a manual for your family. And I think that's the important thing is talking with your spouse about those priorities, praying about it, knowing what you feel God is calling you to do, and and moving forward in that. Um, and then as far as comparison and the mommy wars and mommy guilt, that stuff is going to be there. Yeah. And I think especially I talk uh, specifically even about Facebook, about how it can feel like looking on social media, which a lot of mommies reach out to social media because it gets them out of that isolation that they're feeling, um, especially if they're home with their kids. But it can look like everybody else is having an easier time. And, you know, that mom looks amazing and she just had a baby a month ago and yeah you know this other mom is making these gourmet meals for her husband and she has a you know two toddlers and um but what you have to realize is 
the Facebook is the highlights reel. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, and it so is. You don't know what's gone on that whole other day, and so the whole rest of the day. And so the book really talks about supporting each other and finding those people who are going to encourage you. Sure. I mean, I call call it the Mexico margaritas posts because because <laughs> people are constantly yes. look at me having a margarita in Mexico, and then everybody feels awful. Like, well, we don't have the money to go to Mexico, and you know, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, we all we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I show my kids in the best light when I post stuff about them for the most part. You know. Yeah, me too. Um, so we all do it, but yeah, the comparison is dangerous. I want to let folks know, and then I'm going to let you tell them how to find you and find the book. Um, that you also talk about some really serious stuff. You talk about intimacy and and sex issues that can arise in a marriage uh, after you've had a baby. You talk about postpartum depression and hormones and, and weight gain. And, uh, you know, just, you touch on so many things that, that are really important. You do have that guide in the back to help parents plan. Uh, and, and pregnancy fears you even touch on, which, which some women are going to really want to pick up the book for that. So, yes. Suzanne, we thank you for all this fabulous advice. How do people find you and the book? Okay. Well, you can find me at SuzanneGoslin.com. And you can find the book at any booksellers, um, Amazon.com or ChristianBook.com, or you can go to um, the Focus on the Family page for more information or Tyndale. Good. And 30 seconds to just encourage some mom or dad out there about how they need to work on their relationship when they have kids. I think I just want to encourage parents that parenting is, an amazing calling and it's so worth it and it's going to have some hard times but if you can draw together as a couple and you can make your marriage and your relationship a priority that is going to pay dividends in the lives of your children and I'm I'm a living example of that with having faithful Christian parents and yeah. who raised me well and this is important stuff, and the earlier you can get started on it, the better. Yeah, don't let it go. Don't don't just say my kids are my world. Um, your your spouse cannot be left in the cold. And, and you know, we, we we all have times where we say the wrong things, but but make that 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 marriage and that that parenting relationship, you know, the, between you and your husband. Um, primary. I, I love your advice. I really hope it helps save some marriages. Frankly, uh, yes. so Su- Suzanne, thanks so much for being on Channel Mom. Thank you, Jenny. Okay, have a blessed rest of the day. All right, when we return, give you one last little piece of encouragement right here on Channel Mom. These days, couples will work for just about anything from communication to companionship, from fun to love, from passion and purpose to good old intimacy. What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FE 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. Hi, this is Jenny, and I want to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Walters. She's a mom to three kids, so she understands that when you buy a home, you want a place where your family can build beautiful memories. As a real estate broker, Michelle can help you find the place you love coming home to, the right home at the best price. Whether you want to buy or sell, start your home search with Michelle Walters at SuburbanDenverProperties.com. You can also find Michelle's weekly blog, The Thinking Mom, on ChannelMom.com. I just want you to know, if you feel like your kids don't notice or you feel unimportant, most surveys show that you are your child's number one role model for many years. So you are important, Mom. Thanks for all you do. God bless you. Have a great evening.
Thanks for listening to Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Find podcasts, clips, blogs, and contact information at channelmom.com.